Hello, hello, listeners to the Third Way Podcast. I'm starting a new series, a new kind of uh, format in the series that I'm simply calling uh, the 3D series, and I'll explain what that is. Uh, so I'll be interviewing experts in a particular field, and we will um, be discussing in a deep dive, that's the first D, what their area of expertise is and what it all means, and then the second D is we will, they will debunk um, misconceptions and mythologies about uh, their field of expertise. And then finally, we'll debate. Sometimes it'll be probably most of the time a friendly debate, but a little bit of healthy disagreement is good for the soul. Um, so this format will be more interview style than the, the traditional formats that I use and also might be a little bit longer. So I am very pleased to have the debut of the 3D series be with one of my best friends in the world. We're recording live at my dining room table in Austin, Texas. I'm joined by Juan Kingsbury. Thanks for having me, man. I get to see the magic. <laughs> I don't know if it's magic. but uh, So Juan is, for many of you, because a lot of people that listen to this, or we, we know each other in real life, uh, Juan is um, based in Phoenix, and he is a workplace behavioral expert. And the topic today is around DISC assessments and behavioral assessments in general, but DISC in particular. And uh, Juan is, having worked with lots of coaches and consultants in that space, the best debriefer of a DISC assessment that I, I've ever met. So Thank that's you. what we're going to talk about. You're welcome. Hi, Blair. <laughs> yeah. So um, just what is DISC? I mean, we throw these terms around. There's Myers-Briggs, there's DISC, there's yeah, you know, all these. What is DISC? You know, a real layman's answer, it's, it's a really popular behavioral assessment. Some people will call it personality, but personality is really complex. But I also, you asked Juan Kingsbury, I was like, I think it's, I think it's something that everyone's heard of and tired of hearing, but that's <laughs> not true. <laughs> there's still people I've met who have never taken DISC. And if you've not heard of DISC, we've taken assessments. If it has four quadrants and mm -hmm. it kind of told you about your personality, leadership, Con cognitive or some other fancy term to remix and sell you the same shit. Um, <laughs> DISC, right. as a concept, it, it's a way to understand people differently. Mm -hmm. And it's evolved. You go back to the Greeks, you go back to especially corporate and, and military. Uh, HBO did a really um, kind of an attack on personality mm -hmm. assessments, specifically personality or assessments claiming Big Five, Myers-Briggs. But DISC by itself was more so for created... Uh, it hit a, a peak during 70s, 80s with corporate mm -hmm. and in sales because you either win in sales or you don't. Mm -hmm. And if some people just have a natural ability to sell um, and read the room, adapt. Uh, a lot of us don't, though. We kind of mm -hmm. want everyone to conform. So, it, But DISC is a behavioral assessment. Usually it's five to ten minutes, sometimes shorter, sometimes longer. Uh, other people will bleed them into others. But by, by itself, it's four styles, dominance, influence, steadiness, compliance. You'll see some synonyms like amiable or direct, but more or less your, your, your type one people, your talkative people, your patient people, your analytical people. Mm. So you take an assessment and all of them aren't created equally, but more or less they'll tell you your strengths. I think a good assessment, kind of like you said about arguing, uh, will also tell you uh, your weaknesses or I call them blind spots. That doesn't always, it stings a little bit, mm -hmm. but the idea is growth and growth sometimes hurt. So uh, well, what's the science behind it? The science, it, it preference that at the end of the day, it's not so much what you can do, it's uh -huh. not skill, it's not, actually that's why I think I'm the expert, is I'm very aware of what DISC isn't. Mm -hmm. and, and any good trainer will, will highlight that, but the science at its core, it's just measuring behavioral preference, mm. how a person wants to communicate. Mm -hmm. But in my experience, it also is how you wanna to go to the gym, how you wanna plan vacation, mm -hmm. uh, how you wanna send an email or not send an email. Um, but in terms of, are you asking about like the actual questions? You, well, the science behind it, you know, the, because like Myers-Briggs is kind of based off of Jungian archetyping. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and there, you know, other, there are other behavioral assessments now, Gretchen Rubin's assessment, um, the, the four types. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's all, it's, they're all, and they all have some variation of scientific backing. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm specifically asking the science, you know, the, either, either the psychology or the neurology behind DISC and its efficacy or accuracy. Oh yeah, I can get it. At least I can speak to TTIs. This that's is the deep dive portion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, 
So with the assessment I use, and I think more of them have adapted or leaned into the two graphs, you have a natural style and an adapted style. And adapted represents more how you change. People say, oh, I'm different at work than I mm -hmm. am at home. And I'd like to argue with them, but we can get into that later. <laughs> um, it's like saying I'm a, I'm a tree and I'm different in one climate than the other. You're the same, you're the same tree, um, but it's the environment that changes. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the actual science, the easiest thing is like, I'll, I'll just break down ours. Mm -hmm. 24 questions little secret it's just asking you the same question over yeah, and over again right. are you dominant influential steady compliant but then we got a big thesaurus and picked out some fancy words we threw in some zingers or some nulls but basically your natural style actually starts out at zero okay um did you actually know this no okay so it actually starts at a zero and your adapted starts at 100 okay and so the minute you say like in your case you're dominant influential um so you're you're natural you never chop down that tree, mm -hmm. whereas your S and your C are pretty low because mm -hmm. every time it said, hey, are you patient? Hey, are you analytical? You, sometimes you might have said whatever, but for the most part, you're like, no, I'm not that, no, I'm mm -hmm. not that. Whereas on the other side, um, you, so you chop that down, whereas the other side, uh, did I say that? I said that backwards, actually. Your natural starts at 100. Okay. And anything you said you're not, it's because you said I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Okay. Anything you say you are in the adaptive, you build it up. All but right. here's a better, more layman's example. When you go to the restaurant, um, is there any food you never eat? Like you just won't. Tofu. Tofu. There never. you go. You don't say, hmm, do I want tofu? Right. You're not just, your brain automatically says, bad, yeah. poison. <laughs> right. So that's actually how the natural graph works. Okay. You, your brain decided, I'm not that. Mm -hmm. It didn't even decide, it just knows it. Whereas mm -hmm. the other stuff, you're kind of, maybe this, maybe that. So your brain knows what you're not a lot quicker as mm -hmm. it relates to behavioral preference. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes what people score in the middle, it's a more situational, but usually someone has at least a strong high score, a strong low score, mm -hmm. and those are correlated to words that you would use to describe how you like to do things. Okay. Um, so that's, that's the rough version. Of okay. So with the, the science behind it, um, it, it, it seems like this is kind of an assessment. DISC is an assessment of intention yeah. or tendencies. Yeah. Um, like given the, and the way I've heard it described is natural is, your natural um, style is when you feel like you're in control and are safe and, or at least feel competent. And then you're adapted is when you don't feel as confident or safe. Yeah. Are you, are you saying confident or competent? Both. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, both. I, I I think a lot of times, sometimes we can be uh, competent in something, but not confident in it. Actually, am I saying that right? Anyway, yeah, yeah. And but at the same time, a lot of times people who are jerks, mm -hmm. a holes, they're pretty confident. You can say that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I will. I'll get that. No. <laughs> but um, the so because. Yes, your natural your natural is who you want to be, not necessarily who you are. I always oh, okay. tell people when you take an assessment, That's I'm holding up you, the way you answer tells me this is how you want to be. I see, but uh, a different scale, one scale is one to ten. Ten being life and job is amazing, and one burned the building down mm -hmm. yesterday. Um, most people aren't tens every day. Right. I think the average is probably six in America, and it's probably more of a range of like four to seven. Mm -hmm. And I think anything five or lower is, you sh if you have the luxury, you probably want to leave that mm -hmm. job. But all of it's perceptive, uh, perception. Mm -hmm. But when you're an eight, nine, or ten, you're in the zone. You're able to be your distyle most of the time. Right. Um, but it, just because you're behaving in the way you want to doesn't mean you're getting the results that you want. Right. But in terms of going about and getting them, yes, in a perfect world, you get to be your natural style mm. all of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of us, I mean, semantics is huge, and especially with DISC. You say, I'm a hard worker, or I'm a go-getter, This that means something else to some kindergarten else. teacher right. versus right. a Bitcoin dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so yeah, the science of it, when I look at someone's DISC graph, I'm very confident. I'd be willing to bet my house, and that's not figure of speech. Like, depending on the situation, I'd be willing to gamble so many times. Um, but I'd also know when not to gamble, mm -hmm. or know when you know I might be right, but there's that really good chance, thirty percent chance is not the case. Right. But a natural style, especially when your scores are really high or really low, um, like we'll take some controversial figures. We used to use Trump. I used to use Trump and Hillary, mm -hmm. and that was just fun to mess with people with <laughs> the thing, yeah. but. What they have in common, they're very dominant people. In fact, mm -hmm. many politicians are. Now, ideologically, philosophically, their parties, of course, are very different, but how they go is 
they play offense, they mm-hmm. attack, they're, they're to the point, um, not grading them on a scale, but when they, I would guarantee their dominant scores are at least 70 and above, if not mm-hmm. maxed out. Um, does that mean they're the fastest runner can bench, bench press the most? No, but the more high, the natural preference is if I left things up to chance, the based on their disc style, and then we can use the presidency, it's going to affect the rest of the organization because mm-hmm. it's biased. That's another mm-hmm. way to say it. Um, it's everyone has an agenda mm-hmm. and, and your disc style indicates how you want to go about executing yeah. it, not necessarily if you're successful. In right. It. Well, and that's where, to me, the, and the, the dynamics of power come into play. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you and I say when I'm saying power here, I mean kind of authority power, like uh, status or, or title. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's a um, it's much more likely that you're going to be able to be yourself in quotes, even if yourself is an unrepentant asshole. Yeah. If you have some power. Yes. Um, as opposed to if you're, you know, the immigrant single mom who's working two jobs and you got to put up a lot of shit at work because yeah. you have to get paid. You don't get to be yourself. Yeah. And so there is an element of this that has kind of a privilege component to it, it seems. A hundred percent. Or I would even take it uh, or not. I mean, I love that conversation, uh, but I, it's environment. Mm-hmm. And that's what that would, it's not about me, but more my expertise. But that's what gave me the courage up to 11 plus years ago to go solo is di- any good assessment, not just disc, measures the peg and mm-hmm. the analogy of square peg, round hole. Right. And I'm really good at measuring the peg, but also I know how to read, read the report. I'm in, it's my, my gift, it is my curse to read, to understand the role. You tell me a little bit of stuff mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I build this persona and especially because of technology and leaders changing, I can see how the job shifts. Mm-hmm. And um, the ideal person for that role is no longer the same because it's like a, a basketball team or any sports team, the position, yeah, you're always the center, or the, the guard mm-hmm. or the pitcher, but depending on who we're playing, you have to adjust, the role changes. And that's what gave me the confidence to switch. And so going back to the point of privilege, you know, let's say you're a, you're a high dominant female and you come from a Muslim background mm-hmm. and your parents were very pro uh, education and you now are a CEO or a mm-hmm. CTO or something. And, every, and everyone, you're, you're really, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the, the organization you work for is very forward thinking mm-hmm. and, and you're just, you love it. You're a 10 out of 10. But at mm-hmm. home, those same parents who wanted you to do the best, blah, blah. Well, you're the daughter mm-hmm. and you're 30 now. How come you're not married? Yeah. So that dominance yeah. is still there, but the role is totally different. And I'm not saying better or worse, but same person, but in a different situation. Now those behavior, that role at home is different than the one at work. So how much, and again, this is, you're the expert here and, and there may not be an actual number for this, but let's just use it for the sake of the conversation. What percentage of our, our disc score is let's say genetic like embedded in our Ooh. personality yeah and how much of it is social conditioning 27.345 <laughs> no um you know the the man that i not necessarily taught under but worked for and i definitely learned a lot from from bill a late founder of tti um he always said nature versus nurture right i can't recall if he actually took a stand on or, or you know latest mm-hmm. thing. I, I wouldn't doubt he had a number but if he did, I didn't know it. Um, from my experience of doing this uh, 15 plus years, I would probably say it's 20% nature and 80% nurture. Okay. Because as a new dad, well, I have to squeeze that into every conversation. <laughs> of course. But I am just hyper aware of how my behavior affects my kid. But isn't that environmental more than social conditioning in this particular case? I I, I'm not the expert in the semantics of yeah. that, but I, okay. I'm, I'm the one who controls the environment. Well, you think about, okay, so, okay, in that particular case, you have the environment and then you have the authority controlling the environment the, or, or, the, or the social influence of the environment. Yeah. So you have the conditions, like, yeah. um, you know, being in a, a middle-class home uh, with a stable marriage, and, yeah. you know, those are conditions. And, but, but, the, but, the per, but then there are two people that are influencing little man's life on a moment-by-moment basis, that's the social conditioning, it seems like, to yeah. me. Yes. Which so as, as, his, as he grows, and you know, I don't know what age you first give a 
somebody a disc because uh-huh. I think it changes every seven years. I we, heard, uh, um, or, or it kind of evolves. Yeah, you know, it's funny years. hearing stuff like that. I was like, who the hell made that up? <laughs> but yeah. um, it definitely changes. I know the just the industry doesn't like to say that because they're right. like, well, why am I taking it? And it's yeah. like, well, why do you take a fucking blood test? <laughs> uh, because you might change and yes. you might never change. Right. But put it this way, I, I like comics. I like sci-fi. I was like, I could really mess with my kid. Mm-hmm. I could make him something. Now, any parent thinks they can make the, I don't want to be the asshole sports parent. Right, you know, right, but I'm yeah. like, I could make my kid dominant. I yeah, could right. you know, push him down and, and coach him to get back up and right. be assertive or be, or be the hero of his friends. or whatever. And, and I really do wonder, I'm like, how, what's, there's like a scientific of, I know this about myself. I'm already changing how I interact as a parent. But... To me, at the core of it, and here's the difference, because people, people say, oh, I can game it. Well, if you're gaming it, why? Um, oh, I want to get a job. Well, why do you want to get a job you don't really want to do? Now, I'm not saying everyone who uses the assessment use it perfectly. In fact, unfortunately, um, I'd be the first to call out the use of it mm-hmm. in the workplace. Um, I'm not saying it's wrong, but often misused, like m- many tools. But if you can game it, you don't waste your time. Mm-hmm. You don't, it's not even about other people's time, it's your time. And I can game it, but why would I want to waste my right. time? And I've even wondered, am I more, do- am I dominant just because I think that's how an entrepreneur should be? Mm-hmm. But the real key, and I got this from other people, is when are you happy? Right. You know, you talk about the fundamentalist church. People say, oh, I used to be this way, this way. I'm not saying you weren't that way, but were you happy? No. And right. on a scale of one to 10, right. and that's where my, my little ballpark is eight, nine, or 10, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Six or seven, I'm content, but something's missing. Mm-hmm. Five or below, there's problems. I mm-hmm. have ulcers, if not worse. Mm-hmm. And that's just arbitrary science that <laughs> I've made up or yeah. so, uh, pseudoscience. And so to me, that's what I care about more. And I do believe people genuinely do change that, oh, I used to be a really high eye and that made me happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now today, I like to say less. Mm-hmm. And that makes me happy to be more of a listener or mm-hmm. analytical. So that to me is more important. But going back to your question of nature nurture, I... If I just, how I show up with my, with my kid is going to affect his confidence mm-hmm. or lack thereof. And he, like his DNA, he's already built him. He's super buff or super chubby, depending on how you look at him. But that happened. That, mm-hmm. The biology happened. Could I influence that though? Mm-hmm. Can, can you hack your genes, all this stuff? You know, science is different. But in terms of di- the behavioral preference, um, I don't know the neurology, et cetera, but I, I think we can change it a whole lot more than we realize. Yeah, I'm curious too, and this is you know for another time, but the the correlation between you know being on a neurodivergent spectrum and your disc. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. if there is some correlative uh, uh, difference there, because one of the things I know as a as a neurodivergent as a person with ADHD that's a high D high I. Is that I always I've always been a fighter. I mean, I yeah. I fought. I mean, I grew up in a violent home, and I but I fought back. Yeah. Um. In in, in those environments, and um. So we could talk about that for a long time, but I wanted to I wanted to kind of shift this first part of the deep dive, or second part of this deep dive into you're a workplace behavioral expert. So I under, So taking a disc assessment mm-hmm. to learn to get to know yourself better. That's yeah. nice. It's yeah. kind of a form of self care. Would fall under therapy or. Or um, you know some sort of personal growth. Yeah, but that's not the work you do. The work you do is that using these tools in the workplace. So my question for you is, starting starting with this area, is what happens when they don't? When a leader does not use DISC or behavioral assessment for her or his team? Um, how, how what's the contrast between a leader that uses and believes in DISCs and and a DISC and uses it in? in team building and recruiting and everything yeah. and somebody that doesn't do it at all. What's, how do you, as an outsider looking at two different teams, how would I know which one is using disc and which one isn't? Yeah. The, it's the silly analogy, but I think it's true. It's like, I've tried to assemble Ikea furniture without the instructions. <laughs> That's and a sometimes good analogy. It, actually, I can yeah. pull it off. Right. And I think some people just have it in them, but for the rest of us who aren't furniture experts, those little silly pictures, aren't always perfect, yeah. but they give you direction. And so it's, uh, or back to Bill, he used to say, using assessments in the workplace is like uh, uh, prescribing medicine without mm-hmm. taking a test. And you, you, you keep using the word assessment, which I do, but a, a, I think a better word, especially layman's is, is survey. These mm-hmm. are not right or wrong a, uh, right. answers and going to the, we're in the debunk phase, right? 
Mm-mm. No, not yet. Not yet. We're still in 3D because oh, yeah. I want to know about yeah. about the workplace. So, yeah, uh, basically, uh, what's the, another cliche? If you're not using assessments, you're assuming – hell, if you are using assessments, unfortunately, I would criticize myself but also my clients is, oh, we've done it. We did a coach a co- cup of coaching workshop. Keep that shit on your desk, man. Yeah. <laughs> like That is a, a tool. Like Keep using it. And and that's something I've, I've come a long way on of like I'm not I'm the mechanic I don't need to turn into mechanics mm-hmm. it's a good business model but I just need them to know how to change their battery change the flat tire mm-hmm. and it comes back to using that tool um, in the moment when you need it um, different subject but very similar like emotional intelligence is not taught by our friends mm-hmm. it's taught by the assholes who cut us off the people right. who break our heart disappoint right. us the people right. we let take and you can choose or not to learn the lesson so. If someone is using it in the workplace, the, the easiest way to snip it out is there's promotion, mm-hmm. there's turnover, but it's constructive. Mm. And it, to me, I'm not saying retention is bad, but I also don't think it's good. Yeah. A lot of companies keep a lot of dead weight and they're not bad people, but in terms of fit, it's like yeah. when two people break up, they're not bad, mm-hmm. but it just means in a long work. Great. Right. Let's celebrate. Let's, you know, when people have divorce parties or something and, you know, um, what you've shared with yourself, that the way you guys went about that is you guys did a lot of self-awareness with mm-hmm. your own personal stuff. And so other organizations, it's all finger pointing. And that's an easy thing to say, but it's like, well, what else are you going to do? Right. And I guess like, to me, it, it goes back to be, uh, power dynamics again mm-hmm. um, and that. In, in the difference, I think, and you, you mentioned that the sort of the rise of behavioral assessments came, started in the 70s, and now it's sort of at a, like a in peak. The, in the business world. Yeah, yeah. In the business world. And it's, it's sort of at a peak point now because most companies are using assessments if they have knowledge workers in particular. Mm-hmm. That's what I've noticed of mm-hmm. some sort. They're doing some sort of assessment yeah. um, or survey. Um, and so, um, but when I'm, when I'm looking at a team or, or a culture, um, to me, it's an, almost like an energetic footprint because what, what I've learned from DISC is who to trust under pressure because, yeah. it, because if you have a bunch of people that are uh, you, you, like if, if you have a high D leader or, or I would go back to – I would say it this way. If you have somebody that is in a leadership position and has adapted their D way up – they're going to collapse under pressure. Yeah, in my opinion, because yeah. you can't sustain your adaptive under under extreme amounts of pressure. Yeah, so you see that with like NFL quarterbacks, where they just they have the the you know they're six three two twenty run a four six can throw the ball eighty yards, but their leadership style because of conditioning is adapted up. Yes, and then under pressure they get the yips. Yeah, and they do stupid shit. Yeah. Um, which then often plays out in their personal lives as well. Yeah, and so this power dynamic. Um, being able to see um, who you can, who you, who's trustworthy, and then that you can trust the person next to you. And my, my kind of working theory with this is: the more you understand yourself, the more curious you are about other people. And DISC, per, per, as Enneagram does, and, and Myers Briggs, it produces a common language to use, mm-hmm. and that common language creates the bond. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rare. You tell me otherwise. Where somebody, or a team takes the disc and they use it as a weapon against each other. Um, mm, maybe it yeah. happens, but by and I, large, with it, uh, maliciously, yeah, I'd say it's rare. I've seen it, it happen, unfortunately. But it just because someone has good intention doesn't mean they're execution. right. But I'm saying maliciously, yeah. saying you know the, the D's are going to going to conquer the S's. You know, like it doesn't get balkanized because you're using a same, the same language. Yeah, I unfortunately no, if not again. Like I'm going to screw people but right. you're an s you're like i think corporate doesn't like s behavior oh i um, agree that there's biases related yeah. okay. to certain yeah. things but so. what i'm saying is is that within a team environment having a common language around how who i am and who you are mm-hmm. is a good thing yes the, oh yes. yes the other observation i have too is that in the, in the industrial age did not require a lot of collaboration mm-hmm. you you know and and that's where the people were part of the machine unfortunately um, and now the people are the machine and it requires lots of collaboration. Yeah. And so when I hear about companies or teams that don't, not, I mean, not just do DISC, but don't actually use DISC or a behavioral assessment as a ongoing coaching mechanism, I feel like they're in trouble because it's going to manifest in uh, unnecessary conflict. There's mm-hmm. always conflict between humans, yeah, but unnecessary or unhealthy yeah. conflict. Yeah. Um, lack of innovation and new ideas, a fear of failure, and again, 
the power dynamic that uh, where uh, uh, whenever there's no liberation, authoritarianism creeps in. Mm-hmm. And so being able to use these tools to liberate your team and let them be autonomous because they know who they are and they know who the other person is, that seems like a no-brainer to yeah. me. Yeah, no, I, I agree, but I also get why people don't do that. Mm-hmm. Very often, assessment, hell, even the ones I, they're, they're a premium. You can find cheaper, if not free mm-hmm. disc assessments. Right. And sometimes I don't know how those people find me, but I'm happy to help them save time and money. Right. But yeah, I'm like, well, there's a reason you're looking for it. Do you want to tell me about that? And then usually I'm patting myself on the back as a salesman, but I upsell them. But it also it's, oh, cause your problem was way bigger than a 20 mm-hmm. minute survey to learn about someone. And, um, the, there's a lot of things there. Let me, I wanted to bring up two, two things to reference. You mentioned, most orgs use assessments, and I immediately I thought, I'm like, yeah, but most orgs use email, and we're still not good at no, that. absolutely. I would yeah. liken yeah. assessments to like late 90s, early 2000s. It's yeah. out there, but yeah. not a lot of people use it. I remember one of the guys I worked with printed out all his emails till about 2005. Yeah, I've heard of that so too. yes, it's more popular than ever, um, but in terms of effectively used, you know, I liken it to, um, you have a driver's license, doesn't make you a good driver. Right, good right. start, but shitty finish. Um, and then the other part with college education, you know, hit me the other day. I was like, oh, someone tells me they have a master's of business. I'm not like, wow. Yeah. Now, if anything, nihilist or cynical of like, yeah. well, you, you've not actually had a business, assuming. Yeah. But the, with the assessments, it's like, okay, it's a good start. Or it's another analogy. It's like, oh, I go to church every Sunday. There's a lot I could assume about you, but I ain't betting any money <laughs> based on your morals. I'm not saying bad either. Right. But with the assessment, and you said the power dynamics, and shout out to you, or, well, my new friend, your, your friend Elijah, was just talking about, yeah, I'm high dominant, but I realize I have to adapt that because I'm a black man as a minority and mostly, mm-hmm. and I want to, and I'm, well, I don't want to say everything he said, <laughs> but one, I can realize my, my fictitious example earlier, um, but I realize like, Personally, in my life, when I talk to the doctors or whatever versus when my wife does it, and she's a, a white woman, and like, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, it is different, you know, yeah. and I have a mustache, so people think I'm a cop, you know, and, <laughs> uh, but like these things, they go into it, right. and, uh, but what we all have in common, you know, I really would love to hear a transgender person's view of how dis, because right. I yeah. could see someone pushing back against it, but also talk to them a little bit, I'm like, oh, I, I know how you would actually be happy, right. and a lot of us aren't doing things to actually make ourselves happy. We're, right. we're doing things to cope and to survive the workplace yeah. as opposed to thrive in the workplace. But there's a, not your spiral dynamics. I, I wrote about it in my book. Uh, there's three reasons work. I stole that from someone else. Survive, save, serve. And we all want to do this bigger thing, but we all have to pay our bills. Right. And every organization, as much as they talk about message, et cetera, definitely needs to save. It's always going to be a money issue. And so I, I strongly believe most orgs don't really want high performers. They want reliable people who we'd be grateful and stick around for 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. Well, that's different than we want you to be your, be all you can be, like mm-hmm. the Army thing said. Um, and so DISC, what it is allowing you to do is predict the inevitable. Mm-hmm. That the, I tell people, if it works out, this is the way it's going to happen. And if, it, um, if, it, if it's just terrible, awful, these are the two extremes and I'll give you my thumbs up or thumbs down hiring risk analysis mm-hmm. based on a bunch of other factors that the assessment does not measure. I always tell people, hold your hands up in a circle. Assessments, not just DISC, is a sliver of a sliver of who you are and your mm-hmm. personality. But it's so important. It's like knowing, you know, uh, uh, it's like knowing something genetically about, oh, I'm likely to get diabetes or right, this right. or that. But that doesn't control your whole life, but it is right. significant about where you're going to thrive and where you're going to struggle. Right. Um, well, and I yeah. think there's a premium, too, in, in modern business on understanding. You know, I give, you know, Covey was, Stephen Covey was really a pioneer of his seven habits yeah. and everything. And Peter Drucker, too, you know, mm-hmm. culture eats uh, strategy for breakfast, you know, that type of stuff. But that was, those were outliers for many, many years. And now... There is this, um, this this sort of buzzwordy leadership around yeah. collaboration and and team and and all that. Well, a lot of that's by necessity now because it's a group of people doing the work. Yeah. Um, you know, if, especially if they're knowledge workers. Um, you also have a lot more multiculturalism in business. That you know, multi generation, multicultural. Um, you know, all these various factors, and so the more you get to know somebody, 
that you work with or work for or who works for you, the, that should translate to performance because you can, you can do as uh, my friend Alan T- Prussian talks about, you can increase the velocity. Mm-hmm. The more you know somebody, the more you can increase the velocity of whatever you're trying to do with them. Yeah. So, all right, let's move into debunking. So what is the most, some common like misconceptions people have about assessments in general? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can look at sort of the, whoever the anti-vax version is yeah. of, of, the, of the anti-assessment crowd. Yeah. Like what are their misconceptions um, what, uh, and their conspiracies around um, behavioral assessments? Well, unfortunately, like anti-vax or, or anyone who's on the fringe of stuff, there's a lot of truth to it. And, yes. and the, the, a lot of people, like the, the HBO documentary Persona, I, I think I did, I did a different podcast where it came out. And they really attacked Big Five, Myers-Briggs. I don't think they even mentioned it. I don't which, think so either. Which I'm like, or any of them. we're not even yeah. getting hated on. You know, it's popular, but those are, those are the better marketed tools. Um, but uh, to me, it was, val- it was sensationalized. And there were some uh, uh, left progressive people who were like, it's discriminatory, this, that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen it. Maybe not my clients, but by proxy, filling in. And again, it's not necessarily evil. I'm like, ha ha ha, we're going to screw these people. But it's it's another form of discrimination, right? It's, it's another tool to do it. But also, if you take it away, um, that's not helping either. And right. even if I, you know, other there's a new disc assessment or some knockoff version of it, which, okay, fine. I could make one. Uh, hell, I might make one. I'd rather not because TTI has done all the research and validity. And that's the kind of stuff I don't enjoy doing. But um, it's deserving. The mm-hmm. industry, kind of like... Not all therapists are created equally. Not mm-hmm. all doctor visits are right. created. So I think a lot of the stuff of people who don't like it mm-hmm. have sound reason. They're just. Mm-hmm. And every time I get results, I was like, I want to know what you think. And also, I like the challenge of winning people sure. over. But the biggest misconception is those misconceptions or, or apprehensions are, are valid. They're mm-hmm. really off. But then on the other side of that, and I'm biased, but my shit's accurate. Mm-hmm. And every time there's been a, 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 a curveball, or the, I, I can stand behind. I always picture myself in front of Judge Judy or the Supreme Court of one. Can you show your work? Why did you say this, that, or the other? Why did you coach this person? Why did you recommend this, that? I can justify it. Mm-hmm. I don't think 90% of people who sell assessments and train with them, not saying they're bad, not saying it's not useful, mm-hmm. but would have the... Uh, conviction that right. I had. I think a lot of people could talk their way through it. Sure. But so I have these two extremes of yes, the industry is deserving. And it's kind of like yoga and mindfulness. Yeah. That was like laughed yeah. at whatever and now yet, you know, everyone's now it's an industry. It. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But also is it going to fix your uh uh you know, get get some Jesus in your life and all your mental problems will go away. Right. It's these two extremes. Um so I think those are the biggest ones and the maybe not a, a necessarily debunking but I think people think, hey, if you take this assessment and you learn, oh, uh, Jeff's a high S, mm-hmm. um, that's enough for us to do better. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, Jeff was already a high S, whether you assessed him or not. Right. Now you have information. Now you actually have to integrate it to how you talk with him, how you uh, hold him accountable or let him go or promote him or whatever it is. And people don't. It's like getting a gym membership. Mm-hmm. You gotta go now. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> so just you because you work, right? did the yeah. paperwork and yeah. you warmed up, you gotta go and you gotta put right. in the work. And and actually, that the last thing I'll say on the debunking is, at least with me, the work isn't easy, but it's not hard. Mm-hmm. I think no one likes, especially like when I'm fat and I'm looking in the mirror, I don't like the look. Yeah. But when I'm doing it with someone or something, like I like playing basketball versus jogging, mm-hmm. it's so much more pleasant. I'm sweating just as much, if not mm-hmm. the same, more, but I enjoy it. And when I work, my wife gave me a compliment, you're always blunt but kind or direct but kind. Mm-hmm. And I, I think those are the two extremes of it's squishy bullshit mm-hmm. or it's wrong and it's pigeonholing me to something right. that I'm not. Yeah, I so that. I take pride that I can balance that paradox. Yeah, interesting. I, I think also then from a debunking standpoint too is the language of I am – so people say, I am a D. Yeah. Or, you know, or I, no, so I don't, I mean, I don't correct people, but I yeah. say myself, I say, I try to always say, I have D tendencies yeah. because it's a tendency. Yeah. Um, and so I would just be very aware. It's a similar thing. 
I was I heard this somewhere that your your mind is listening to you. Yeah. And so when you say I'm depressed yeah. instead of I feel depressed or I am anxious Isn't instead it, of I feel anxious. That's unique to English too, right? Um like yeah, I, I think so. I don't think hombre. I have yeah. hunger. Yes. Not I am hunger. Right, right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I have the personification of yeah, hunger. hunger. Some days, yeah. yes. And the other one is a debunking is um and this is my criticism of Myers Briggs in particular is that per, the concept of personality is extremely malleable mm -hmm. because we um, um, humans with our neocortex and our egos, we are masters of pretense. Mm -hmm. And this is the, and so this is the flaw in, um, in behavioral therapy as well, is that if you ch adjust the behavior, you've, you change the person. Sometimes, sometimes that's true. Yeah. Um, and so when people, I always get a little cringy when people call them personality mm -hmm. assessments. It's, I have that same feeling when, when someone uses elevation, when they mean altitude yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. different things. They're yeah. not the same thing. Uh, and I'm just a word nerd, but, yeah. um, and, but the, but the debunking of the concept of personality and measuring personality, I think it's far more effective to measure intention mm -hmm. and tendencies, yes. which is what DIS does. Yes. Um, and the four strengths, I think, is Gretchen Rubens does that. And there's yeah. other ones, too. Um, and Enneagram in, is, in particular does that. And so, um, you know, that's a debunking thing. The other one about this, too, is, um, and you, I think you, you touched on this earlier, is that your your natural isn't necessarily who you are. It's who you kind of aspire to be. Uh -huh. And then, um, so people get locked in on once a D, always a D. Yeah. Or, um, or, you know, that you're... That, that, that you don't change based off of conditions. Yeah. And my thing, it's not really a debunking thing, it's just kind of a fascinating thing, is the spectrum of consciousness. Is like, the more conscious you are, I wonder how that affects your, how you would show up on disc. So I, if I, I haven't taken the disc in a, probably six mm -hmm. years, I probably should do it through you, take it yeah. again. Um, we'll see how well this goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so uh, the, 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 the point to that idea, though, is that, you're, it's not fixed. Mm -hmm. you, you're, you, if you're at 82D, you're, you could take the assessment on, you know, after uh, with a hangover or you just won the lottery and that number is probably going to move. What yeah. it seems to be, though, is that if you're below the energy line, you kind of stay below the energy line. Like I've taken the disc several times. My S is... Uh, my C is much higher than it used to be. Yeah. It was, I was at a two and then it, then it oh, moved that's to a, a, that's a significant Yeah. Then it went to a 27. Yeah. Um, the S is between eight and 25. Yeah. So do you, what, do you think that's true of this sort of there's, it's a yes and is mm -hmm. that it's, it's, there's a variable to your disc score, your disc number, but it doesn't draw below the energy line. Um, first part, I think, yes, I agree with second part. I think I agree, but I would word it differently. Um, okay. It's not just, and actually that's a, not necessarily a debunk, but if you are familiar with the assessments, in any assessments, a lot of times people pay attention to the higher scores. Right. That's good, but that's half the battle. Half the lower the, right. scores matter. Right. Um, just as much, if not more so in many cases. And so um, you're saying energy, the, the halfway line. Yeah. If something's if 50, really high if, if, or really yeah, yeah. low, they mean like if you are a seventy dominant, but uh -huh. you're a five compliant, yeah. that five compliant tells me more about you than exactly. the seventy dominant. Yes, and so um, I or I tell people I go, I'm going to bet on the highs and lows. Yeah. Anything that's in the middle, let's say making up the range of uh, thirty to seventy, mm -hmm. let toss it up. You never know; it, it might change, and it's not bad. But um, the well. Do you have another question in there? I feel like... I don't think so. Okay. Uh, but, oh, 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 the changing. You were talking yeah. about winning the lottery, et cetera. Yeah. But here's the thing. And it's funny. TTI's done this. I've not done it firsthand, but I was like, oh, that, that'd be really cool. On one hand, it scares me. On the other hand, it's not anything I think I'll, I'll deal with in the next couple of years. But put some neuro... Uh, what do you call it? The Scan your brain yeah, uh -huh. while you're looking at the words. Tofu, uh -huh. Justin's brain don't like it. Yeah. Keurig coffee cups, Justin's <laughs> brain doesn't like yeah. it. Even if you have a million dollars, I don't know, maybe you're going to invest in Keurig, but short of <laughs> a major view, your brain is already making yeah, those decisions. Right. Now, if you're hungover, tired, jet lag, because I tell people, I go, it's a, I mean, no, no disrespect to any assessments, but especially my kid, but I'm like, it's a silly assessment. It's mm -hmm. 24 questions on a paper that you're choosing. It is not yeah. your, your, uh, uh, 
your trust that you're leaving. Right. I, I tell people, don't get it throat tattooed on your th- uh, on yourself, even right. if you really agree with it. But it's how you answer, and that's why the scale of zero to one hundred. But ultimately, yes, you might switch over time, but it's that happiness thing. And I yeah. think most people, in terms of that one to ten, the other day I had someone ask me, "Do you think people?" Or I asked someone, "Do you think people are doing their best?" And they said yes, and they're like, "Do you?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> and then we had a conversation, and I thought I was like, "No, I think they are." On a scale of one to 10, they only know what a six looks like. Mm-hmm. They don't know what a 10 looks like. So to them, yes, they're doing their best. Yeah, but for their me, version of best, yeah. knowing their potential, mm-hmm. right. if they can give me more context and I have this assessment in an hour, I'll fucking change their world. Right. Now, does it happen automatically? But now they see it and they're like, the biggest word that pops up, you've articulated this. Me or the assessment and any good assessment does that. Mm-hmm. And aside from an Enneagram and something else, I've yet to see... And I don't just use DISC, I also use the motivators with a different conversation, but that helps highlight the blind spots that DISC doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Because DISC is only behavioral preference and using a, an analogy is, that might shift over time, but it's kind of like saying your, your height might change over mm-hmm. time. Motivational preference, driving forces, convictions, values, they can change, but mm-hmm. a lot, it's like, it's like breaking your bones mm-hmm. to, to change them. Right. You don't yeah. really want to do that. Yeah, I think another area of debunking, too, is that a behavioral assessment does not solve an identity crisis, Mm-mm. both a collective identity crisis of a culture. You could diss the hell out of, you know, any toxic culture, yeah. and it's not going to change a damn thing. Yeah. You know, you could, you could make MAGA people take DISC uh, assessments, and they're still all going to be a little bit nutty, uh, <laughs> you know, um, and... So, uh, and, and then if on a personal level, if you're, I think Americans in particular, because actually, let me interrupt a little yeah. bit, just cause I've had conversation. I wouldn't necessarily say it comes out that people are, are you say MAGA or MAGA, MAGA? MAGA. <laughs> MAGA. Yeah, I don't uh, know. but yeah. politically different than me. Yeah. And I feel, and maybe I could be wrong, but doing this assessment is a good way to bring consciousness to the conversation. That's probably true. I, I'm, yeah. yes, you're right. Yeah. In the sense that it's a mirror and you can have, it creates a common language and it can be a unifier. Um, but what I'm saying is, is that if you, I'm going back to this is somebody once said that America is the only country that has a culture, but no roots. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, because unless you are um, a person of color or a woman or LGBTQT or an immigrant, you have a, certain pattern of experience yeah um that is that that can be determined but by and large especially white america um doesn't have roots yeah um and so what that to me looks like and this is the debunking part is a um a perpetual identity crisis individuals have especially men in our country um i think that's why there's you know and we could go deeper into that if you take the disc and you have an identity crisis it may may point you in a direction of like, oh, here I'm way adapting my S. I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in a job where I've got to be a vocal leader when really I just want to look at spreadsheets, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Um, it may give you a little bit of insight into yourself, but the identity crisis, um, I know a lot of people, and you probably run into them too, that are kind of assessment addicted. Mm-hmm. I mean, the next thing and they're taking it and then yeah. they're posting on social and, and this is who I am now. Yeah. You know, it's the it's what I what, what, it's my same observation of bumper stickers. Yeah. If somebody has a bunch of bumper stickers on their car that has all of the same thing, <laughs> whether it be guns yeah. or vegetables or or whatever, <laughs> I don't. It, that's that's much more indicative of the fact that you don't really know who you are. Guns because, and vegetables is my favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think actually, because people will say, I'm, I'm a C minus uh, undergrad student, barely. And people are like, oh, you're the professor, you're the guru. I get these. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not a psychologist. Right. But I do take a lot of pride. And even calling, you know, workplace behavioral expert is there's, I would have cringed at that, I think, a decade ago. But I also would It wasn't been, true a decade yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but I think it was also more true. You stacked me up with a hundred other dis, really good dis people. Yeah. I think I had a better, no, am I better at uh, strategy and all that? Well, other that's stuff? what I'm no. saying. You were a disc expert. Yeah. Yes. 10 but not years the ago, workplace. but you yeah. weren't a workplace behavioral expert but until that, the last few years. That yeah. role part, that's where I was like, Oh, I just see something different. And I think we all have that. It's just, I discovered mine through this assessment, this unique ability. And, um, the, 
I, I totally lost my train of thought. That's okay. But the, the point with these assessments and, and oh, we're talking about the MAGA or whoever, it, anyone who's rigid, yeah. anyone who's uh, uh, dogmatic. Yeah, dogmatic. And that's why I named, that's what it was. That's why I named my, renamed my company Career Blind Spot from Project Day because one, the logo looked like an anarchist flag. <laughs> um, and two, it was named after an obscure Jackie Chan movie that no one heard about. And in China, there's a million Project Days. So okay. I changed it to Career Blind Spot because. I don't like binary things, which is uh-huh. not, I think, a coincidence. Um, I do like strengths, but I also realize the strength is just a weakness when you're not aware of it. You over, you over dominant, mm-hmm. you're over influential. Um, but I was like, a blind spot is not bad. It's just we don't leverage it. We don't mm-hmm. acknowledge it. That's the irrespons- It's like To me, I don't think we, uh, literally the definitions, but ignorance is choosing not to know something. Mm-hmm. Not being naive is... Oh, I didn't realize it was rude to touch a black person's hair, you know, as yeah. opposed to someone who does it anyway because right. whatever. Yeah. I had one friend who was black and yeah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> something stupid. It's something yeah. ignorant. Like yeah. ignorant sounds like an insult. Naive is that's unfortunate, but hey, you can yeah. learn from it. And blind spot, that's why I was like, yeah, people it's hard to see it's hard to see yourself, especially yeah. when it's unflattering. And who would want to see yourself when it's unflattering unless you're ready to do the work. Mm-hmm. And so you were talking about leader power. I see this a lot. Leaders do it, they'll pay for it, but they don't they don't do it beyond. They, yeah, right. You know, they take their family to church on Sunday right. and they want them to, to lead the good life, but they have their excuses of why they like that yeah. happens more often than not. Yeah. And I get it, but I won't even disparage when the leaders put more effort in that's when you see it right. really pay off. And right. not not in a heartfelt way, but in a this is good ROI. This is we're playing blackjack here. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get some bad hands, but the odds are in your favor. When you understand the people and the jobs you need to be done, you know when to hit, you know when to pass, and you can teach that to the next person. It's, mm-hmm. it's the the easiest way to create more leaders. Yeah, I, I think that's well said. All right, well, let's let's go to the the debate portion of it. Mm-hmm. So, I think we should do a friendly debate about. Uh, let's do it this way: you give your best case for disc, and I will give my best case for enneagram. Well, now, that's not fair. Why? Because enneagram is like a collection of a bunch of assessments. Well, but that's part yeah. of the debate. Okay, actually, no, I, I'll still beat you. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the point here is is. First of all, an agreement that as taking assessments is good. Yes. The second is, is for this debate, we're talking about doing it for yourself, not some, not a, yeah, as a leader, fair. just personal. Okay. So what's your best case for DISC over Enneagram? Less is more. Um, the same reason that, I, and I, any assessment, including Myers-Briggs, I agree with Justin. Um, I think it's too simple. I think it's uh, the words are, are not what we mean, the personality, mm-hmm. et cetera. But kind of like fitness, whatever gets you off the couch. Right. And, uh, and if it makes you feel comfortable, that's more important. Screw me for having an opinion. You do you. And as long as you grow, good for you. Mm-hmm. But if you want you know, uh, uh, to go for a walk, that's different than getting Beyonce's trainer, you know, if you're mm-hmm. depending on your goals. But you got to get started. Less is more with DISC. It's for, it's simple. There's a reason mm-hmm. why it's popular. There's a reason why it gets ripped off as opposed to Enneagram or other assessments that are a little deeper, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. So someone like you who does the work, who's very mm-hmm. introspective, you're not the average person. Mm-hmm. Um, you have really opened yourself up the 10 plus years I've known you. If you're new to this, that's too much. Oh, that's a good point. I'm still gonna defend, I'm still gonna give you my case, but yeah. that's a really good point. I never, I didn't, you know, we didn't practice. I didn't know what your answer was going to be. And so that's, that's okay. I can see that. It's, that matches something I often say is, you, I've said to people many, many times, take the disc first and the Enneagram second. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, because, and maybe I said that for sort of unconsciously the same reason yeah. is that there's a lot. I mean, even the certification process for learning Enneagram and being certified, yeah. which is certifications is a bit of a sham sometimes. Yeah, know, oh, yeah. These it's, things. It, I mean, it's, it's a business model. It's a business yeah. model, right. And uh, But the, the the depth of which you can go to with the Enneagram, and this is my main argument for the Enneagram too, and especially as it relates to the work of consciousness and um, you know your mindset and the work that Virginia and I are doing at, at Massive is that you know your level of consciousness changes the dynamics of power. So there's a... That understanding, using the Enneagram to understand essentially a kind of a map of the soul, to use a spiritual term, um, 
is that it shows you, I think, way better than disc your shadow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we know that that we that the shadow of the D is that it is it's well, it's right in the word of dominant. Mm-hmm. You know, and but it, it kind of stops there. But as an enneagram eight, which is the enneagram equivalent of a high D, yeah, because like, eight's the challenger. Yeah, um, there's there's healthy, unhealthy shadows, angles, and there's again, it's it can, it's very complex. Um, but I believe kind of like the whole Jungian philosophy that you don't really know yourself until you know your shadow. And so you take the Enneagram to find out, okay, my, my tendencies are I'm an eight wing seven. I'm, yeah. a, I'm, an, I'm an, a challenger and an enthusiast maps very closely to DI, yeah. D dominant, I influence or enthusiast. So the enthusiast seven is the I and disc, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when I... When I when I look at the shadow of that, I learn a lot more about myself. Mm-hmm. Is she's using me as an example as a sh- as the shadow of an eight that's under stress or unhealthy eight is a five, which is the investigator. Mm-hmm. When I'm not healthy mentally, I'm paranoid. Yeah, I'm an information hound. Like, which which the investigator is great at searching out information, but if yeah. the motivation is to win, which is the eight the yeah. ch- to challenge, to win, to get ahead, to control. Um, that's not good. And I've learned so much more about myself by understanding the shadow part of it. And then because I've into all this shit, I can then correlate to, oh, okay, so um, that's why. So the other argument I have too is I really believe is that you use Enneagram for your, 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 your personal life and you use DISC for your work life. As I don't, I know that a lot of people. In fact, I've had people on my podcast and good mm-hmm. friends that are Enneagram experts, and we do, we have little debates about that too. Is that I don't think it's as transferable to a team yeah. as DISC is, because DISC is the is the series of behaviors, yeah. and those behaviors uh, and, and tendencies, you know, tendencies and behaviors that affects the team dynamic. Yeah. Um, and so that's another way to look at this too. I I agree, and when you. You, you 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 threw me a curveball with the the personal because yeah it's personal stuff is different but work yeah. I'm covering my own ass like I said in front of Judge Judy I feel like Enneagram you get the math answer right but I can't necessarily show my work right and and I'm sure you can other people would probably push back but in this you mentioned soul spirit I don't want to be talking about that stuff at work well I do I do and, but that's the yeah thing. but that's You're, the thing but even yeah. if you do and this is for for the work leaders I just said yeah. Um, that that's not what it works for. I get it. I get it. Right. But right now you need work. And you even said, and I think we we're all we're kind of agreeing is you did this for you were ready to hear your shadow stuff. Yes. Because you saw the the positives of your dominant and influence. That is an excellent um, point. Like and, it was a sense of when, when a mutual yeah. mentor friend of ours, Ron Price, who, you know, he was the one that gave me the disc first mm-hmm. back in 2006, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And, and it was the first glimpse I had of who I was yeah. a little bit. So it didn't solve my identity crisis, sure. but at least gave me a sense of like, oh, I'm dominant. Yeah. As someone that back then in particular was was a coward in many yeah. ways and hated conflict. Who it it gave me a, a, a jump off point. But it kind of like organized religion, yeah. it kind of ran its life yeah. for me. Yeah. Like, well, like someone said this about cults. Where they're like, oh, everyone thinks dumb people get. It's like, no, we're smart people. The problem with cults is they work. Yes. You feel like crap. They build you up. Yeah. Or actually, not the problem. They said the problem is they don't let you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> and that's right. the, yeah. they could. And that's the thing. That we're we're recycling stuff. I had a cousin who was always like, oh, Bible teaches you. I was training them this, and I was getting so mad. I'm like, why yeah. didn't I learn this shit in Sunday yeah. school instead of I'm a bad person who masturbates right. too much or something? <laughs> you know, like none of your. And that's it's not. Do you have a shirt that says I, that? <laughs> But in the work, I'm not saying like with mental health and all that stuff. I I would like to work on a team where so I've, yeah. I, in fact I've been lucky enough to have those relationships. But I don't expect that to be the norm. Right. But I do expect someone I can get the ball like a little snowball rolling with disc. Yes. But to your point of people who just self help happy, they're gonna get stuck on yeah. disc. And that's where with me where I was like this is an unfair fight disc versus on un- enneagram. But if with definitely with motivators, I know I could have. 80%, if not 150% that's probably the true. same conversation. With the motivators, yeah, exactly. Enneagram. Because yeah. Enneagram is really motivators too. Yeah, you know, yeah that's what I, when less, I took, I was less like, less oh, behavioral, it's, yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. DISC, uh, motivators, EQ, with I think some acumen thrown in, yes. which is basically Chinese to what we've been talking about. But 
it helps me. I don't yeah. always talk to people about it, but I, I'm, I'm incorporated into what I do. And I think that's, maybe this is more on the debunk side of things, but this is the, it's the cult of assessments. Mm-hmm. You know, like people are like, I'm a Myers-Briggs person. I'm a disc person. Yeah. All the Enneagram. Like, it's not just, it's this, this sort of culty, uh, I would put the Tony Robbins and the Landmark Foundation, uh, culty, not cults, but cult-like in a lot of ways. And that's never good because that means that you're afraid of change. You're, you, there's an insular sort of a superiority within mm-hmm. that kind of environment. And insular superiority leads to violence in one form or the other, yeah. psychological or, or physical violence. And so the idea instead is that classic statement that I don't know who to attribute to, which is all systems are flawed, some are useful. Mm-hmm. And that DISC or Enneagram or even Myers-Briggs, yeah. they're, they're conversation starters. Even stuff that I don't understand or necessarily agree with, like tarot or astrology, they're, yeah. just, they're just frameworks. There's a to, model to process. It's a model to yeah. process. They're frameworks to understand the difference yeah. is, and it's similar to religion, is that re- religion was intended to help you um, help ex- uh, give you confidence in the unknown, mm-hmm. not explain the known. That's yeah. the, and so there that this this these tools are designed to help you move forward in life. It's designed to help you grow, evolve, change, mm-hmm. uh, adapt, um, and that when you use them as a tool of stagnation. And they become dogma, um, and you start to make decisions around them. That's not good. Yeah. Well, like I took the pie chart. I was like, fact at best, a third of your decision for hiring, promoting, even terminating at best, mm-hmm. probably more like fifteen percent. That still leaves sixty to eighty-five percent of resume experience, et cetera. But like I tell people, I go, look, you don't have to assess, but they're still bringing yeah. bias, so you could know it. Or not know it and still make your decision yeah. when it comes to the couple hundred dollar, if not thousands of dollar investment, but it's a $200,000 position or a million dollar project, right. you know, and that's me trying to sell um, or not even sell, trying to have integrity with mm-hmm. what I offer. There's some people who just want the assessment. I'll hook them up. They buy in bulk and good to go. Mm-hmm. That's not my favorite clients. They're not bad people. I'm happy to work with them, but I really want to help them move the needle. But that, yeah, with this, to me, bring it back full circle. You mentioned religion. Trying to understand that my, what do you call it, the colonizers or whatever, yeah. in Enneagram, with the average person who, who's really ready to deconstruct, that's some heavy shit. Yeah. Let me explain to you these four things. Yes. Which one are you? Which one's your yeah. pastor? Oh, now I have a common language yeah. that I can go talk to my partner, my husband, my friends, et cetera. Yeah, which is kind of the final question I have for you, kind of more personal, but how, and I'll answer it too, but how does... Like, do you and your wife have, like, disc-based discussions? Does she say, like, well, the one that's because you're a whatever, you know? She calls me a D a lot, yeah. <laughs> um, no. Um, yeah, well, one, she's biased. She's also, yeah, she's heard me ramble about this stuff for 10-plus years. Um, but also she works at TTI. Right. Uh, on the international side, which gave me a whole new appreciation for translation and right. the I am this or yo soy whatever. Uh, what's that? Mm-hmm. Yo soy milk? I thought I am milk. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yes. And then she was part of the group that got the pronouns in. And I was like, don't die on that hill. Like, I wasn't saying don't do it, but a, a year later, I was like, holy crap, you're part of the, the right side of history. Wow, least. that's cool. Um, I didn't know that. But she, the, I'll tell you, the first part, she hated, I didn't realize that, how accurate it was. Now, she's behaviorally very different. And she's actually changed immensely, I think, not just because of COVID, but because of therapy, dealing mm-hmm. with some trauma, some shadow mm-hmm. stuff. It was like, actually, the pinpoint was 2001 I visited you. It came back. It was not a different person, but it was like her iPhone battery. Mm-hmm. It was topping out at 40%. She was like a 90%. Mm-hmm. And she was always an S and a C, otherwise an introvert. But then she, I was like, you need to take it again. She's always been a low I. But her S dropped to the middle and her D came to the mm. middle. So still a C, but kind of this, what I call a situational um, assertive introvert. Yeah. And, and she was unhappy when she wasn't speaking up, when uh, she wasn't cutting me off for the doctor yeah, or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a big part okay. of it. And I'll bring it full circle too. I'm like, how do people have relationships? <laughs> yes. I know That's this exactly. stuff and it's hard. Yes. Um, and especially going to therapy, which is totally different. It helped me process therapy. I'm sitting in the room and other people and, oh, this person's probably a D or I, or they're mm-hmm. talking. A lot of times people, we think, oh, that person's dominant. No, that person's mad. 
Yeah. It's because they're steady and they've been putting up with shit, but they're not, they don't want to be dominant. Right. So, um, so because, uh, Enneagram, uh, we're, we're an Enneagram family, (laughs) (laughs) the the Foster Lacayo crew, um, we use that language and er, I mean, I, I had, I, I had, or asked if, if Virginia wanted to take the Enneagram probably like week one of our relationship because yeah. it's, it's a fun conversation. Um, but what, what's been interesting for me is in a conscious relationship in particular is you are helping another, your partner with their dominant type. Mm-hmm. So in Enneagram, I'm an eight, she's a three, three's the achiever. So I'm looking at my phone now because I have a little note I put because I have a, an Apple note just for her. Yeah. And I say, and it says, uh, helping V or Virginia with her three. Number one, help her get a win. She's, that's the achiever. If I can help her get a win, that's good for me. And obviously it's good for her. Yeah. Number two is reminder that rest is an achievement. A trait of the three is like they just drive until burnout. Mm-hmm. So resting is achievement. Um, and number th- number three of those of challenging or handling helping 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 her with her three is challenge her mind, you know have little friendly debates and bring up concepts and 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 she does the same for me. She knows that I what happens when I get bored, mm-hmm. so um, she knows that I need a challenge. She she's very encouraging me trying new things because she knows that it will that that will reveal a part of myself and it has become part of our own love language. Of to, to be able to use that. And yeah. I had the same things like, what the hell do people do without some sort of like common language yeah. related to behavioral or, you know, or this is why or I profiles. Like, oh, I need to go work in the garage because we're not getting along. Yes, like, and right. I was like, I don't want to do that, but how do I handle this? Right. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, that was awesome as expected. <laughs> and um, I'm going to link to your shit in the show notes, um, your book and other things. Uh, and uh, Thank thanks for uh, doing this, being the, it, the, any, the, the any first time. one of these. Thank you. So. Actually, and I wrote the book because of Justin. So if you want to write a book, keep listening to the podcast. All right. Thanks, buddy. You got it.